Two down in the ninth. Bumgarner thrown. Robinson waits. Here comes the pitch. High drive. Are you ready to talk baseball? Well, step up to the plate. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime. And here's your host, Walter. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Hope you're doing well, staying safe, and being healthy. And if you are listening to this, you have made it. Give yourself a pat on the back because the time is now. And what I mean is that spring training 2.0, a.k.a. summer camp, what they're calling it nowadays, it has officially made it to that day. We have made it through the worst of it, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. But that is uh, what is going on today. Hopefully you guys are staying up to date with all the news. And if not, well, you are in the right area, the right location to this podcast because spring training 2.0, a.k.a. summer camp is what they're calling it. I don't know what I'm calling it yet. That's why I keep flip-flopping between the two names, but they're calling it summer camp. I don't know. I can't really <laughs> can't really put my my mind around calling it summer camp because then I get the uh the 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 thought process of, you know, they're sitting around campfire singing campfire songs, playing capture the flag, you know, doing all that fun stuff at camp that I would assume happens at camp because I've never been to camp. So I, I I don't know. But, you know, making s'mores, s'more stuff, you know, Hamilton Porter showing everybody how to make s'mores around the campfire. That's what I think about when I think of uh, of summer camp. But anyways, baseball is starting to come back into the fold with summer camp. Uh, kicking off spring training 2.0. I still don't know what I'm going to call it, but baseball is back. They are now at their respective locations prepping for the season that is due to kick off on July 23rd with what is expected to be the Nationals and the Yankees starting the season on prime time. That is going to be fantastic. I mean, you got the debut of Garrett Cole, after signing that massive contract past winter, going against the World Series champions. So it's the return of the champions, and the Empire is trying to strike back. That is my little Star Wars note to throw into this podcast, because I am a nerd. (laughs) But the Yankees and Nationals to kick off the regular season on July 23rd. Can't be more excited. There was supposed to be two. We still don't know what the schedule is going to be moving forward, but we have a ton to talk about. We have uh, Ryan Braun. You know, he's kind of keeping an even keel. I mean, he's wanting to play, but he isn't quite sure if the MLB season will be played because of COVID, so we'll talk about that uh, and, and, and my thoughts on that. We do have big news with the minor leagues, you know, we've kind of been talking about it 
with the minor league system uh, being shut down for 2020. And it was almost somewhat, you know, it was unconfirmed, um, so to speak. It, it was, But now, unofficial, but now it was made official that the minor league season in 2020 will be canceled. Uh, so what that means for the minor league players, what that means for the top prospects, amid summer camp starting, right? We have summer camp uh, kicking off, and we'll talk about some big moves uh, that were made because the rosters are going to be expanded, obviously. We've talked about that in prior podcasts. But uh, uh, in, in case you didn't listen to the other podcasts, rosters are going to be expanded to 30 players on the roster to start the season. Then two weeks after that, they're going to go down to 28. Then two weeks after those two weeks, so essentially a month into the start of the regular season, they'll be down to the 26 man that we are uh, now accustomed to. It used to be 25 man, but they expanded to 26. So it is going to be 26 man rosters a month in from July 23rd. Hopefully we get it started on time because the, the clock is ticking. So they have about three weeks from this Friday until we get some baseball. And I cannot wait. I really can't wait. There's a, a lot of, I mean, especially in the Bay Area with Oracle Park being right there at McCovey Cove. It's been a lot of conversations going on that the Cove is going to be popping as soon as the regular season starts. And there's not going to be really regulation. I mean, you got you to gotta social distance in the water. Well, you best believe I'm going to be there. Uh, in, in some some way, some capacity, I'm going to be out there in the Cove. And other ballparks that have unique uniqueness to it, I mean, Cubs fans are probably going to pile outside the stadium. Padres fans, they're probably going to be in those buildings surrounding the ballpark, trying to peek in, watch some games. I'd definitely do that. Go to the rooftops. So it's going to be a different season for sure. I just got confirmation uh, that I'm going to be doing a baseball draft, which was canceled indefinitely. Well, now I got to kick it into high gear because my baseball draft is on Sunday. <laughs> literally, literally within a week of baseball coming back, we, we decided to do the draft. And it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I'm going to make an, another podcast on that later into summer camp to ensure that we do get a regular season on whether who you should go after because it's going to be really interesting this year. The 30-man, that's how it starts. It goes down to 26. But the rosters have expanded from 40 to 60-man. What that means is that is the eligible players that can go from the pool, the player pool, onto the big league roster. And tons and tons of these roster spots on that 60-man are containing many of the top prospects in baseball. And I'll tell you which ones of high profile 
are going to be included. If they if they weren't already going to be included, breaking spring training back when all of this happened in March. But that's really the big thing because with the minor leagues canceling, that is, you know, really big. It's the first time since it started back in 1901 that they won't have a minor league season. And it's going to be interesting because we've already seen the effects of what no minor league system is going to have on big league rosters. When you look at the prospects, right, the prospects that are coming in, you wouldn't necessarily see some of them. But some of them were on big league rosters last year. Like when you look at the A's, they already had Jesus Lazardo. Already had Sean Murphy. Already had AJ Puck. With the White Sox, Luis Robert, the MLB's number one number three prospect in the pipeline. He was already expected to break camp from spring training. But then he got the 19-year-old Wander Franco from the Rays. He's going to be included in that roster. So we might get some Wander Franco. Joe Adele, he was expected to break the camp also with the Angels. But Mackenzie Gore, he was kind of one of those guys for the Padres that was up in the air, whether he was going to be a late summer call-up. Well, it's it's summer now. This is his call-up. I don't think it's been determined whether some of these guys are going to be included on the 30-man, but they will be included in the, in the player pool. Like with the Giants, they're set to include their, their top three prospects and Joey Bart, Elliot Ramos, and Marco Luciano. And it just keeps going down the line. I mean, even some, some draft picks from this year's draft are going to be included. And that's huge. 18-year-old catcher from Turlock, Tyler Soderstrom, for the A's, he's going to be included in that, in that pool. So this league, this season is going to be unlike any other. And it's going to be it's going to be special. Granted that it does get started on time. So there's that. <laughs> but tons of prospects are going to be included. I think we're going to see a lot of them. I think we are. Most definitely. But before we get to any of that, we have to go through the process of summer camp, of spring training 2.0. And in order to get through that, COVID needs to calm down a little bit. I mean, with baseball, we haven't really heard anything, a, a lot with any major sport other than NBA. NBA has come out and said if there is an outbreak in COVID cases, there's a spread of the virus in their bubble, then that will stop the restart. I don't know if that will cancel the season completely. That's how NBA has gone about it. MLB hasn't really said. They've said that they will be placing players on COVID lists. They don't even have to have a positive test. All there has to be is symptoms of COVID. And then once those symptoms are gone and once they have a negative test, then they can go back into the, into the team. But with all that going on, I mean, Ryan Braun is very skeptical. And there's a lot of people out there that are skeptical of the restart. Tons of people that I talk to on a, on a daily basis are very skeptical, saying that 
the restart probably won't happen. The season won't, or not even a restart. It, it's it's a start to the season because they never baseball never started. NBA st- started. They were in the middle of it, damn near at the end. So they're a restart, but baseball hasn't started. They were in spring training, but season hasn't fully gone underway. And one of the players, Ryan Braun, is not too sure that a season is going to play out. And he was quoted as saying this in the LA Times. There's still a part of me that isn't quite sure we will actually play games. I'm optimistic that we will play games, but obviously, if we look at what's happening in the country, the COVID numbers are not good. There are a significant number of athletes who have tested positive, which is indicative of the overall numbers in our country right now. So you can hear the concern of Ryan Braun. He hasn't come out and said that he's not going to participate. I believe that he's a full participation. But as COVID moves forward, there's going to be players that don't feel comfortable. And, you know, going into summer camp, we do have a few players that have come out and said that they will be opting out this year. That they will be opting out, not playing. One will be Mike Leak from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Said that he will not be playing in 2020. And he was the first player to announce that he wasn't. Shortly after that, Joe Ross, Ryan Zimmerman opted out. Ryan Zimmerman, you know, being his age, I, I was uh, a little bit saddened saying that he was going to opt out because I felt that this was going to be a retirement for Ryan Zimmerman. Now, he later came out and said, this isn't a retirement for me. I'm just taking the year off. So I'm, I'm glad for that. But that would be so terrible, you know, for, for Ryan Zimmerman to have, you know, especially in that organization, he's Mr. National. Ryan Zimmerman, been there since the start. And if he didn't get that send-off, because we like to send these guys off into the sunset. That's how it is. The the farewell tours, right? And Ryan Zimmerman, you know, he doesn't have the, the legacy of David Ortiz. He doesn't have the legacy of Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. But to the Nationals, especially coming off of that World Series title, Ryan Zimmerman is their guy. So he won't be playing this year, hopes to come back next year. Anthony Rizzo, he's planning on playing, which I'm actually shocked because, you know, some some players that have health concerns that are high risk, you wouldn't you wouldn't fault them. I mean, you wouldn't you shouldn't fault anyone for sitting out. But especially those that are high risk, you shouldn't fault any of them for sitting out this year. Anthony Rizzo is in that bracket of high risk. He's a cancer survivor. So is Carlos Carrasco. Right? But Anthony Rizzo, he has elected to possibly move forward. I mean, I, I haven't heard confirmation yet, but 
all things have heard that I've heard is that Anthony Rizzo is planning to play in 2020. And then you got Brizzo. Brizzo for the Cubs. Because Chris Bryant is playing. He's at the top of the lineup. It's already confirmed. Anthony Rizzo to follow him. So you got Brizzo at the top of that lineup in 2020. That's still a developing story in Chicago. A lot of things going on in Chicago. Both both on the north and the south side of Chicago with with the White Sox. White Sox, we'll talk about them in a little bit. But Anthony Rizzo planning on playing. Mike Trout, you know, there's been a lot of speculation that he wasn't going to play because he has a uh, a wife that is home pregnant due to give birth in August. By him playing, he would essentially miss the birth of his daughter or his child. I don't know if it was a daughter or, or a son. Jump the gun there. <laughs> Spoiler alert. If they didn't know. <laughs> but Mike Trout, you know, when that time comes, if the Angels aren't in it, does he does he pull out? You know, like how does that how does that work? How does that work for Mike Trout? So that's gonna be an interesting dynamic because I haven't heard whether or not if he is playing or not, being that he's the face of baseball, it'd be a devastating blow to baseball fans, but at the same time. You got to look at these guys as as human beings. And no one, including myself, I would not fault Mike Trout for sitting out this season due to awaiting the the birth of his of his child. So, Joe Madden, new head coach, new manager in uh for the Angels, he speculates that Trout isn't going to opt out. So, but again, it's all speculation. I haven't heard whether or not if there is going to be Mike Trout in 2020 or not. But we had to keep following these storylines and following these players. Things can change day to day. Maybe they get to camp. Maybe they, because today there's not going to be any any workouts. They're only doing testing. They're going to be testing. They're going to be awaiting their test results. And then the first workouts are scheduled to take place on Friday. So that's how it's going. But, you know, Trout gets there and he tests negative, but a ton of people test positive. Well, then maybe he pulls out. Maybe he leaves. Maybe that delays the start to the season if there's a lot of positive tests that come back in 48 hours. We'll we'll have to find out. We'll have to see. But as of right now, Mike Trout seems to be a go. I haven't heard otherwise. Another one that has opted out, and one that we're going to talk about a little bit here, is Ian Desmond. Ian Desmond of the Colorado Rockies, 34-year-old. He has opted out to play. And Ian Desmond... You know, he went on Instagram and posted a a story, or it wasn't necessarily a story, it was a post that had multiple pictures on it. And he he felt the need to stay home. And 
Ian Desmond, who is a 34-year-old outfielder for the Rockies. He's biracial. And in that post, he made reference to ongoing racial tensions in the country and the pandemic as why his family needs him at home. In that post, he goes on and says, the COVID pandemic has made this baseball season one that is a risk I am not comfortable taking. And just with that statement alone, he didn't need to say anything else. He has a family to tend to. And, you know, you have to keep thinking of these players. They are human. They have other priorities. And baseball for Ian Desmond is not one of them. So he goes on to say this in his post that speaks on racial tensions, climate of baseball, and his family. He goes on to say this. Think about it. Right now in baseball, we've got a labor war. We've got rampant individualism on the field. In clubhouses, we've got racist, sexist, homophobic jokes, or flat-out problems. We've got cheating. We've got a minority issue from the top down. One African-American GM. Two African-American managers. Less than 8% of black players. No black majority team owners. Perhaps most disheartening of all is a puzzling lack of focus on understanding how to change those numbers. A lack of focus on making baseball accessible and possible for all kids, not just those who are privileged enough to afford it. I won't tell you that I look around at the world today, baseball or otherwise, and feel like I have the answers. I don't. I'm not a perfect person. I keep my emotions inside for so long because it seems easier to numb yourself than to embrace the why behind my feelings. With a pregnant wife and four young children who have lots of questions about what's going on in the world, home is where I need to be right now. Home for my wife. Home to help. Home to guide. Home to answer my older three boys' questions about coronavirus and civil rights and life. Home to be a dad. And that's what Ian Desmond said on his Instagram post. Pretty much saying that he wasn't going to participate this year. And it was powerful stuff because he talks about his life experiences in that post. That was just... That was just a small excerpt of his entire post. It was about nine or ten pages. That was just a little snippet of it. So I suggest if you have Instagram or even on Google, look it up and 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 just read the words that he says because he talks about a whole bunch of stories in his life. Things that he himself has gone through and people that he knows have gone through. So there's going to be more of Ian Desmond 
Hasn't happened yet, but there there is going to be more of those type of players speaking out. And in the world of baseball, we're not really used to these players speaking out. But it's a different time now. They feel comfortable in speaking out, as they should, and, and they should speak out. Ian Desmond starting a wave of players that speak out. This whole movement that everything has been going on in 2020 is allowing players to speak out. So I applaud Ian Desmond for doing what he is doing. Just that part, just home to be their dad. That just brings you back to that moment that reminds you that they are humans too. So, again, I applaud Ian Desmond for everything that he said in that post. And I tell you right now, we we only have a, a handful of players that have said that they will be opting out. I tell you now, by July 23rd, I expect more. I do expect more to drop out, to opt out, to play this year. Don't know who. But I do expect that to happen. Now in baseball news, as we move forward to that July 23rd date of return, Matt Kemp is expected to sign with the Rockies in a corresponding move for Desmond not being on the roster. Now this move, Matt Kemp, what does he have in the tank? I don't know. I was expecting the Yasiel Puig uh, selection here. Didn't expect Matt Kemp before Yasiel Puig, but shows how much I know. But the Rockies have moved forward with Matt Kemp to a minor league deal. And he will replace Ian Desmond on the roster. Now, despite all the problems that Matt Kemp has had in the two years regarding his injury and everything, he, he is... At the you know, as far as his age, he is still able to produce. He's only two years removed from hitting 290 with 21 home runs. You add that to Coors Field, that that's at least 30 home runs. <laughs> but then in the 60 in the 60 game season, probably figure around 15 maybe. So he's more than capable of being productive despite his older age. So that's going to be interesting. But now we're starting to see the teams finalize their their rosters, get all their 60. And another big one that was, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I don't know if I would say shocking. It, it, is, it is still shocking to see, you know, players that were drafted this year to be called up to the major league level on the 60-man roster. Spencer Torkelson, the number one overall pick this year, signed with the Tigers this year, or, or earlier this week. He signed a $8.4 million bonus. Record deal. And he will be included on the Tigers' 60-man roster. 
along with Casey Mize, along with Riley Green, along with other top prospects that the Tigers have. So as teams go on to finalize, you're going to see a lot of these prospects like we talked about earlier. It's going to be exciting. I, I can't wait. This is going to be a really unique season, to say the least. Definitely. To possibly see the 2020 overall pick on a big league diamond only a month after, two months after the draft is remarkable. So I can't wait. I really can't wait. As we move over to the East, the AL East, that is, the Yankees are reportedly near full strength for when 2020 season starts. Brian Cashman, he came out and told reporters that he was very optimistic that Aaron Judge would be ready for opening day, as he stated a couple of months ago. Cashman also added that Giancarlo Stanton should be a full go as DH. James Paxton, Aaron Hicks, all expected to be game ready for opening day. Which, again, speaking of opening day, July 23rd is expected to be the official start of the season with majority of the other teams playing on the 24th. Nationals-Yankees, one of two primetime games on the 23rd. A full-strength Yankees squad, who I believe are only second to all the teams listed for World Series odds. I believe number one was the Dodgers. Yankees, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, Juan Soto, Aaron Judge. That I can't wait for that matchup. Another matchup that I can't wait for is actually whenever the hell the Dodgers and the Astros play this year. Because everything came out about the trash can banging, stealing signs, this offseason. We hadn't played a game yet. And the Astros and the Dodgers weren't expected to play. They weren't supposed to play in 2020. Now that has changed. They're going to play a couple of times. And I know it's different because it is not in front of fans. But will they still beam somebody? There's a poll. There's there's a, I, I think it was, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember if it was for Vegas, but it was odds on who the first person is to get hurt or to get hit by a ball on the Astros. My money might have to be on Carlos Correa. I feel like he's been the most vocal. Some people are just like, well, who, well who's leading off? <laughs> They're going to be the first one to get beamed. But I can't wait for that match. I just can't wait for baseball. The fact that we are here is a breath of fresh air. That we are moving forward into summer camp. All these big league players making their s'mores, sitting around the campfire, because that's what I picture in my head. I, I can't wait for it to move forward into July 23rd. Come July 23rd, I'm going to be so giddy with excitement. 
everyone around me will be so annoyed. <laughs> I am telling you. I'm going to be so juiced. No pun intended. For the baseball season to start. I cannot wait. World Series odds, by the way, since we were just talking about World Series odds with the Yankees. There's some pretty good odds out there. Talked about the White Sox. White Sox made a lot of moves this offseason. I don't think they're that far off. Especially in that division. That's for the taking, man. You look at the White Sox, their odds are 25 to 1. I'll take that. Hell, the Tigers, with all their prospects that are coming up, let's just say that all their prospects are what they expected them to be and even more. And they go on to win the World Series this year. It's only 60 games. You mean to tell me that the Tigers can't sneak into the playoffs somehow? That might be asking too much. <laughs> but their odds are 500 to 1. I'll take that. <laughs> Giants are two, 250 to 1. So those are, you want to get more bang for your buck. But some pretty good ones. The Mets. Look at that starting rotation. 22 to 1. Rays. I, I'm, I'm mind boggled that they're 18 to 1. I take that all day. And then another one with the Reds, with that starting rotation in a short season, bet your ass I'm putting my money on them. 20 to 1. Hell yeah, I'm putting my money down. I'll just bet on every one so that there's no way I can lose. <laughs> I just got to make sure that, that those winnings, uh, I would come out even at least, or come out a little bit on top. But with that being said, I am so excited for this season. I'm so excited. And before we end this podcast, I wanted to go ahead and talk about the anniversary, which is this year. It marks 100 years of the Negro Leagues. 100 years ago, the Negro Leagues were founded in 1920. And if you weren't familiar with the Negro Leagues, the Negro Leagues was a place where ball players of color could all come together and play the game of baseball that they loved to play, but they were segregated in that they couldn't play in American baseball. They couldn't participate in it. So Rube Foster, known as the father of black baseball, founded the Negro National League, and that contained eight teams Chicago American Giants, the Chicago Giants, the Cuban Stars, the Dayton Marcos, Detroit Stars, Indianapolis ABCs, Kansas City Monarchs, which is famously known as being one of the teams that Jackie Robinson played for prior to his emergence to Major League Baseball, and the St. Louis Giants. First game ever in the Negro Leagues, took place May 2nd, 1920. The Indianapolis ABCs beat the Chicago American Giants 4-2. And the Negro Leagues, again, was formed due to segregation. And 100 years ago, that is how it was. And you fast forward 100 years, you look at the climate of the state today. You look at the representation 
of black players in baseball. As Ian Desmond said, it's less than 8%. But these players, they sacrificed a lot. They, they faced public scrutiny. You know, they were out there supporting uh, the African-American players. But there was a lot that came with it. Not all supported the Negro Leagues. Some were strongly against. And in that time, in 1920s, that was, you know, Great, Depe- Great Depression times. So it was really special for the Negro Leagues to continue in that fashion. And they continued on and on and on for 30 years up until the integration of black ball players in baseball in 1947 and the wave of african american players just took the country by storm starting with Jackie Robinson we all know the Jackie Robinson story but a lot of players came from the negro leagues and that's where it all started and had that not been there, maybe we didn't get the integration. Those sacrifices that were made by those players 100 years ago. It, uh, it, it's safe to say that without all those players, we wouldn't have baseball as we come to see it today. Or how we saw it in its heyday. When you look back on the history of the game. And the 100 years, it's a long time. But we still have a long way to go, as we can see. But this is a great year to reflect. It's uh, kind of ironic that everything going on today in, in the 100th year of the Negro Leagues it's uh it's good to reflect back and and look back on the history of America's pastime because that that is what it is that's why they made their own game because they wanted to play they weren't allowed to so for me you know that video circled around with Tons of players, advocates, even President Barack Obama tipped his cap as a virtual salute to 100 years. And when you look at it, it's pretty amazing what sports can do. So I, too, want to tip my cap. Tip my cap to all those that have sacrificed. Tip my hat to all of those players, all of those leaders in the Negro Leagues that made it possible. I tip my hat to all of you because that is the only way that I know in this game of baseball that is the greatest. Respect.
by tipping the cap. Now, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Next podcast, we're going to dive right on in to summer camp to see what shenanigans all these players are getting into. (laughs) Because, again, when I say summer camp, I think of something completely different. I don't think of baseball. I got to think of a different name. But we will track this until we get to July 23rd. And I think I speak for everybody in saying that that day cannot get here soon enough. You guys have a good one. Be safe. And I'll talk to you next time.